0: to another episode of interjections we've got a couple of good w's to talk through today finally some good news so jay is out he's busy watching milan play napoli right now so we've got the american contingent with us we've got sterling irfan and miko miko how are you doing
1: i'm fine thanks good feelings after after a convincing win
0: Okay. Irfan, what's going on, man?
2: Doing well, doing well. Uh, Miko's so happy. You know, he didn't even call you out for calling him calling him an American. So I was like, "This is this is good stuff. Excellent stuff." Uh, no, I'm doing well. Happy that we got the happy we got the win, and happy that my boy Aslani uh, contributed to that win. So I'm I'm in a good spot.
0: Uh, Sterling, thanks for helping us out here, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Happy to be back here for a
3: second time. Uh, I was just telling Andrew that. I'm really happy that we got this win today because I actually have my uh, my in laws and my sister in law in Milan right now, and I got them tickets to this game. So, um, if I had sent some Americans who don't watch soccer to a game and it was a zero zero, I
0: would never hear the end of it. Um, so, thankfully, won. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I want. Did you give them context of the Lukaku return? Because I'm trying to imagine a couple Americans going to this game and just hearing all these like deafening whistles.
3: Oh, trust me. I gave them plenty of context leading up to it, especially my sister-in-law. We're in a group chat with my wife, and I have been sending her just about every article that I see on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. I've been sending that to her for weeks leading up to this game. So she was fully aware of the whistles and everything. They were going to try and get one if they could and bring it back, but um, I don't think they were were able to. But, uh, yeah, they're very aware of the context.
0: Uh, Well, let's jump right in by talking about the goal because – I can't say enough good things about the way Taram's playing. Just people were concerned about his ability to score when he first arrived after the preseason. And he's really put all of those concerns to bed with just high quality finishing. So Irfan, what what did you think of the goal and how how do you feel about just the way Taram's playing for us?
2: Uh, The goal was great. Um, And Taram has been incredible. I I have to say like, you're, you're exactly right. Like, the, the concerns that a lot of people had with Taram were were twofold, right? One is he didn't have like a proven kind of record of consistent goal scoring. And the second thing was, you know, whether or not he can do a lot of the little kind of things in the box that would result in him scoring goals. Like we knew he could facilitate fairly well. We knew he could play out on the wing and take on people. We knew he had decent speed, decent dribbling. But I think a lot of the concerns from the fans that we heard was you know, can this guy do some of the little things, you know, like whether it's just opening up your body a little bit, whether it's making that run to get into the right spot, whether it's finding that like inch of space that you need to get a shot off. Like those were the main concerns. And he's honestly put all of those to bed so, so quickly. And like, so um, I think demonstrably, he's, he's just been such a, such a beast for us. And, and, you know, even this goal You know, DeMarco, like I said, Asani made a great pass that completely caught the Roma defense, you know, kind of, you know, uh, off guard. And then uh, the cross in from DeMarco was wonderful. But that run that, that, uh, that he made, that Terram made, the run and the strength that he showed to hold off the defender to get that shot even off. I mean, that's just pure center forward play. And that's the sort of stuff that, you know, we never, I think a lot of fans didn't necessarily expect that he would be able to consistently deliver, but it was it was wonderful. He's just he, he's really proven to be, I think, better than even the most, you know, positive, optimistic fan might have thought he would be.
0: The 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 flow of the game was completely downhill towards the Roman nets. We we just relented. Or we just we kept trying to score. We had a crossbar in the first half off Hakan. There there were numerous chances Sterling, I know you were getting a little nervous there, wondering we might not get a goal today based on just our inability to bury one of the nets up until the Toronto goal.
3: Yeah, um, I, you know, honestly, I, maybe I'm just a pessimist because I've been an Inter fan for too long at this point. But um, I started having concerns like early in, in the first half about um, our lack of ability to score. Um, I think we really dominated, obviously, the first half. 20 minutes um, really between like the fifth minute and the, and the 20th minute, we were um, really dominant. Uh, We had a ton of chances. Um, Obviously it started off with that Chalinoglu hit from just uh, outside the box there. Um, That was off the crossbar. Um, but, you know, we kind of just kept going strength, uh, to strength from there. Um, but it just wasn't going in, which kind of seems to be the thing with this team sometimes. And so I was kind of just, um, residing myself to being like, oh man, maybe it's just going to be one of those days again. But, um, you know, full credit to the team for not giving up there. Um, Aslani came in, I'm loving that he's coming in now during more crunch situations, um, you know, whether it's Inzaghi actually trusts him or he just doesn't trust anyone who has a yellow card. I don't know. Um, But either way, he was willing to uh, give him another opportunity today in a crunch situation. And uh, Aslani has just looked stronger and stronger uh, over the last month or so with the opportunities that he's been given. And, you know, go figure, if you give a young player opportunities, they will actually start to grow. uh, But you have to play them first. Um, And so, Luckily, he's been playing a little bit more. Great ball to DeMarco. And then, yeah, Taram is a monster. Um, The thing that's actually surprised me the most with him is really his dribbling. Um, He threw a couple of stepovers today, and I haven't really seen him do that type of dribbling. Um, He wins almost every 50-50 challenge with his physique. Um, You know, there's obviously still some, some things that he can work on in his game. I think that The striker type of finishes is something that we want to see more from him. He had like one header today that went over the crossbar that, you know, you would expect a pure striker to finish. But you have to remember, he is uh, a a player who was converted from being a winger uh, relatively recently. Um, So, I mean, I'd say he's even ahead in his development and he fits the system like a glove, combines well with Martinez. Um, I just can't really say enough about him. And I think that the goal return so far has also been surprising.
0: Miko, when you were watching the match, how concerned were you that we weren't going to get a goal today? And maybe combine that with just with the way the match was trending in the second half, with some refereeing decisions. Was there a point where you were concerned, or were you confident, just given the complete lack of chances created by Roma?
1: Actually, I was a bit con- concerned. I wasn't like fully certain that we will score because, uh I have to give give credit to Roma because they they defended pretty well. In the first half, it was quite bad for them and good for Inter in the in the first twenty minutes, I said. But then it kind of uh, like tempo went down and Roma was able to keep us at bay to some extent at least. And uh, even if the Of course, the match was total domination by us. But I think they sacrificed themselves pretty well. I'm reading these stats. They had like seven blocked shots. We couldn't get too many shots uh, on goal, on target. We had like only three shots on target. But even if that's pretty typical for Inter, that we don't get those shots on target for some reason... This time, uh, I felt that Roma was simply defending, like at least okay, but uh, most of the time pretty well, because I don't know, was it a good idea to just do our uh, regular um, cross fest like we (laughs) like we did? They had like tall defenders and Cristante there, and we couldn't connect those crosses like like those aerial crosses and the. Low cross was was the one for the goal, and I think we should go 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 for the um, those low crosses up, um, like much more than those higher ones, because I don't see La being like exceptional aerial players, even if they have good headers. But especially against the teams like Roma, they uh, we should we should we should do differently. But luckily this time we were like. Um, how do you say? We were patient and it paid off. I was a bit worried. Uh, Inzaghi wasn't doing a lot of changes in our game, and he was just waiting, waiting till 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 we scored. And it, it was like what was it eighty 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 first minute before before he did any major changes, I I, I think. And even then, it was just um, was it just one for one. Of course, the system remained the same. So I gotta say I was a bit bit worried worried about our game because it didn't look look like we were just eventually gonna overrun them. To me, it didn't look like that.
0: Yeah, Pavar came off at halftime, and I I think we saw that coming after he picked up a booking on. It, it was a stupid idea, but he also did not connect with the player's head on the overhead kick. But Pavard was also just really venturing forward. Like, did you guys see how often he was in their box in the first half? Like, I don't know if that was instructions, instructed to do so, but the fact he was stubbed off at halftime kind of makes me think he was maybe going outside the game plan a little bit there.
3: Yeah, I I did note Uh, that. I I didn't think that necessarily he was going outside of the game plan. If anything, I think that this match, uh, maybe we saw him start to adjust to our system a little bit more because um, that's something that I've wanted to see a little bit more from him. I think we get more of those insertions sometimes when we have Darmian uh, in that position, because uh, he will overlap with Dumfries a bit more. I think Pavard is a bit more reserved, and I and I guess that's to be expected to a certain extent, given that Pavard is a natural center back and Darmion is a natural fullback. Um, but I thought that today uh, he did get into good positions. I was actually surprised that he was pulled off at halftime. I do understand why um, realistically we didn't necessarily need him defensively in this game um, having maybe someone like Darmion who could provide a little bit more fluidity more of those insertions into the box probably was um, the right move from a tactical standpoint and then I think also you know the way that Pavard plays he does um, play very aggressively as well um, being on the yellow card I think Nzaghi just wanted to kind of be safe because Realistically, I I only really saw one way back into this match for Roma, and that was if we made a huge mistake, like getting a red card or gave up a penalty or or something along those lines. So I think that um, Nzaghi just wanted to nip that in the bud before it really became a real issue. But I I was okay with um, Pavard's game today. You know, obviously the finishing could have been better, but, you know, he is a center back at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I was a bit surprised, even if the yellow was there. But, like... (laughs) I don't think there was like a necessity to take him out because of the yellow, because it wasn't like Roma was going to mm, threat us in a way that Power would get in a situation where he would get the second yellow. We, we, like, we dominated them so much that it, it was a bit weird, but typical in Zagi. In a sense. But
2: I wonder if this time it was also because of the ref. Honestly, like the, the even in the first half, I know he was much worse mm. in the second half. But even in the first half, he was just not reliable, and he, he seemed like a bit of a wild card. So, like you know, usually I, I'm pretty quick to criticize Inzaghi for his like consistent pulling of anybody who gets a yellow card, regardless of like the game situation in most cases. But in this case, I almost kind of got it because we weren't really defending. It's true. But, you know, with uh, El Sharawi and with Lukaku, like, the one thing that they can do is that they can try to run in behind you or they can try to run past you or if there's, like, a long ball over the top or something. And so, you know, there is, I think, the defense could be a little prone to, you know, having to to be forced to make an error. And I think Izagi read the game and was, like, you know, absent – you know, someone going off, we're going to continue to dominate them. We just can't take any risks to go a man down because then they're just going to completely shut off the game. So, I don't know. I felt like maybe that was it. I, I agree, though. A player like Pavard, like, bringing him off at 45 minutes seems a little nuts. But given the game situation today, it just it, it didn't bother me as much as it sometimes does when he just pulls a player for uh, a yellow.
0: Irfan, I've got to give you a little bit of grief just because Roma had one maybe one and a half legitimate goal scoring chances in this game. The first was El Shirari's free kick directly into the wall, which, you know, kind of lucky that wasn't a penalty based on it was so close to the box. But the other was a brilliant shot by your boy, Cristante, that just happened to be parried away by summer. So what do you think of that great Cristante chance? Yeah,
2: yeah. I thought Bonaventura played, re- I mean, Cristante, sorry, played really well. Um, I'm still convinced they're the same player, by the way. Yeah. Um, so I thought Cristante played well. Uh, I, I was thinking that exact same thing, Andrew. I was like, of course. Like, the one shot that they get, the one good chance that they get is going to be by Cristante, who I've just been, like, just, like, hating on for, like, the last week. Um, it was a great header, but it was also just an amazing save by by Summer as well. Um, but, yeah, I just... When I saw that, I was like, there's there's really two people that I can't have scoring against us. One of them, obviously, is Lukaku, and the other one is Cristante. Like, that guy just does not deserve to score against us, and he scored against us way too many times before, I
0: think. Let's use that as a transition to talk about Lukaku. He didn't have a chance to make an impact on this game because Roma had no interest in winning this game. It, It really felt like they were playing for a draw, I don't know if Lukaku had more than five to ten touches of the ball, none of them really in dangerous areas. But just with everything going on, the whistles, the buzz, Lotaro kind of ignoring him in the handshake line before the game, do any of you have any strong Lukaku opinions you'd like to deliver? Uh, I would just say
3: um, I thought that he was okay in his touches today. Um, I didn't think that he necessarily looked nervous on the ball or anything like that. Um, however, he did try and play very quickly, one and two touch, which, you know, not necessarily his strong suit. Um, but I, I just don't think that only one team came to play today is basically what happened. I mean, um, realistically, Roma were sitting deep pretty, pretty much from the first minute. Um, for a striker, it's very difficult uh, to get into that type of match. Um, they never had any prolonged extended periods in our final third where he could really make a difference um, so I think that it's just kind of a, a nothing performance for Lukaku, um, but not even really a, a fault of his own. Um, it was just the way that Roma decided to play today.
1: Yeah, I, I think that Lukaku was like typical Lukaku. Didn't do anything in the aerial blow, balls, like lost almost all of them, and and then well, few touches, some 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 of them pretty good, but but like it was um, maybe as expected because. I have to point out when you said that they were were not even wanting to win the game they were, I'm gonna list the names they were missing. They were missing Dybala, Smalling, Renato Sanchez, Leonardo Spinazzola and Lorenzo Pellegrini. So that's like at least four four of them are like starting players. And Mourinho of course. Well yeah. So I I kind of get it why why they wanted to to just defend and, and not uh, not like a risk anything because they didn't have much in, our, in, their, in their lineup to, to create anything for Lukaku or El Sharabi in my, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I was curious. I, I, I wonder if you all had a view on this. It was interesting to me, and I don't know if this has just been the case recently because of the way the matches have been going, or if this is like a concerted effort by Inzaghi, but it does seem like we've been attacking a lot more on the right side um, and using Dumfries to attack a lot more than previously. It used to be that DeMarco kind of used to be our guy where we would just incessantly attack through DeMarco's side. But nowadays it does seem, and today definitely, it seemed like you know a lot of the attacks, if not all of them, especially in the first half, were coming on the Dumfries side. And I don't know if that's just because Dumfries is in better form and so when trying to play the hot hand or if it's just that's the way the natural game is progressing because Barella plays the ball out through that side a lot more than maybe Mkhitaryan does. But I don't know. It's just been interesting for me to see, or maybe it's maybe like all of those reps are part of the reason why Dumfries is playing so well. I, I just don't know. But to me, it seems like there's been a concerted effort for us to attack on that right side a lot more, making us a little bit less one dimensional and reliant on on DeMarco and Bastoni.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I recognize that as well. And um, something that I kind of was thinking to myself about that Irfan was that I feel like uh, Dumfries has benefited from the increased rotation since the international break. Um, you know, uh, he, he obviously plays a lot for uh, both Inter and for the Netherlands. Uh, however, since he came back from the break, uh, we've been rotating him a little bit more with Darmian in that position. And he just looked really, really sharp today. Um, And obviously he had the beating of Zalewski. I thought that this was probably one of his best matches uh, in recent memory for me in an inter shirt. Um, Not only, I mean, he's always a runner. He always gets into good positions. Um, We know what his weaknesses are. Obviously that's, it's a technical aspect of his game, but I thought his dribbling today was actually fantastic. Um, I I was really impressed and really surprised by uh, a lot of those duels that he was able to win. So Um, I don't know if it was necessarily something having to do with uh, a tactical switch per se, but I think that naturally um, when you have Barella, who I thought had a much better game today than he has had in recent uh, memory as well, uh, when you have that paired up with Dumfries on that side and they have the beating of Zalewski, it just meant... That it just made sense to keep going back to that hot hand, um, and that's all, you know, also coupled with the fact that I don't think Demarco had a spectacular game. I think he obviously got the assist, but his form, uh, along with Bastoni's, has, in my opinion, dropped off uh, quite a bit in, in recent months as well.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that too uh, regarding Demarco. That he plays a bit soft time to time. Like it's like he's not reacting all the balls correctly, and and. He's playing like a bit weak, and I was expecting the, I was expecting the substitution much earlier to, uh, to take him out. But but luckily, it didn't happen. And Inzaghi knows what he's doing, but but uh, for Dumfries, Dumfries, yeah, I think he he, he's having a great time at at the moment, and and we should we should continue playing like this, that we, we feed him feed him those balls so he can he can run and and do those crosses and like create create some kind of havoc there because because he's such a physical presence there. Yeah, you know, I, I I like Dumfries these days a lot more than <laughs> earlier.
0: Yeah, I don't want to skip ahead too far, but it, it really feels like we have a solid like set in stone starting eleven right now. Like the the eleven we rolled out there today is I think indisputably our best Eleven, and it's nice when in weeks you don't have mid league midweek Champions League fixtures like this week. We know getting ready for Atalanta that hey we can roll out our best players. They'll be well rested, and like this is a really strong starting eleven. It, and even just looking at the substitutes we used today, I mean we used all five substitutes as usual, but we didn't use we didn't rotate any of the forwards. Sanchez stayed on the bench. We didn't use Klassen. Of course, Arnautovic is supposed to be nearing a return. The The team feels pretty deep at this point. And, you know, there's been so few slip-ups to start the season. I don't know. It's just, it's just a great feeling. This is honestly as good of an interstart to a season as I can remember, both in terms of, like, the on-pitch performances and the results. Because, like, sure, under Mancini, we had that great run. I, I forget what year it was, 2017 maybe, where we had all the 1-0s. But we were all sitting here going, like, eh, this isn't going to last but with the way we're playing right now, it looks good. It's producing results. We're top of the table. There's there's really no reason not to feel confident right now.
2: Yeah, and I'll and I'll just add one thing. Like I know some Inter fans, I could tell. Um, you know, th- their initial reaction, and I, and I'll play Jay here a little bit since he's not here. Um, to bring us all down to earth. But um, you, you know, a, a one nil victory against Roma, missing half its starters at home, is not something to be super proud of but i'll just counter that with you know like we discussed they they were literally playing 11 people behind the ball the whole the whole match, and and we had a lot of chances and we were really unlucky i mean i will say one thing man there is nobody who probably hits like screamers that don't end up scoring because they're either blocked or they hit the word work more than hakan like that guy is just so good at unleashing these wicked shots and like sometimes they're blocked and other times they hit the hit the hit the woodwork and it's just so disappointing cuz I just want one of those to go in so bad and a lot of times it's at moments where like he could totally change the match like I forgot what it was in the Champions League last year right where he had one that just it was early in the match and it just bounced right off the crossbar and then you know again today like that would have changed the game uh, tremendously if he would have scored that that goal that he hit off the off the crossbar so hopefully one of those will hit because I just want Hakanda score, just an absolute rocket shot. And uh it just it's such a great feeling, and I'm sure he's waiting for it too.
1: Yeah, let's hope hope he he hits one of those some someday. But uh did you see the Augusta shot? That was that was a quite a bomb. I think it was more close in the end of the match when it when we really Right footed too. Yeah, that, that was a massive, massive bomb. That would have been great. <laughs> great.
3: Did that take a deflection?
1: I couldn't tell from the replay. I, I don't think it did. Uh, I, uh, I think it, it was like a very pure shot because the ball wasn't even even how do you say rolling in that or wasn't rotating at all. It, yeah, no, yeah, uh, rotating. Uh, it was like totally static in the air. It was <laughs> I just love it.
3: Yeah, and that's one thing I'll say about Augusto. Um, you know, he he has a little bit extra to his game when it comes to being able to cut into uh, the, the center of the pitch. Um, DeMarco, obviously, you know, he's all about that left foot. He wants to stay a little bit more wide. Um, he likes to whip in balls. Um, and sometimes he will uh, make those darting runs in uh, to the box as well. But um, Augusto will sometimes drive into the middle of the field, which is it's nice to see because it's not something that's necessarily natural for either DeMarco or Dumfries to do. Um, and if he can start, you know, being a legitimate goal scoring threat when he's cutting in, I think that adds a different dimension to our game. You know, I, I agree with Andrew saying, I think that our starting lineup at this point is pretty much set. Um, however, you know, if you were going to say there's one guy who maybe could start to shake things up, I, I would have to say it might be Augusto.
2: Yeah, he's um, he he's impressed me quite a bit. I didn't know that much about him coming in. I know Miko and others were pretty excited. Uh, with us getting him. I didn't know that much about him, but he's been he's been really good. And I, and I kind of like the fact that him and Fratezi are both much more direct kind of attackers. They play a lot more direct. And so it's it's a really nice change of pace substitution or a change of pace start when they play because they're very different from the players that they kind of end up uh, replacing. So it's kind of nice when you have someone who's a lot more direct and a goal scoring threat from that position and from Fratezi's position in the midfield.
0: I get really tired when we get into these ruts in our attacking game where we just try spamming crosses, and I feel like we're more prone to this than most clubs. Like if I, when I watch other teams play, like I'll I'll say Milan and Juve, they don't do this nearly as much as us, where they start spamming in crosses. And I think De is one of the bigger culprits of this, where he he'll just continually pump balls into the box. And I was pretty fed up with him during this Roma game. I was calling for him to be subbed off. And then all it takes is one though, and he puts a pretty sweet low cross in that Taram's able to score. So I, I'm kind of ready to give Augusto a bigger chance, and if we want to, you know, start giving him more minutes, I'm open to it. Just because he he changes up the way we play, like Irfan was saying, it becomes a little less predictable. I feel like when Demarco has the ball, you know what he's going to do with it seven out of ten times. It's just a matter of can you stop it? Where Augusto, like that shot he pulled out of nowhere. I don't think anyone was expecting us him to cut in on his right foot and you know blast a scorcher off the bar.
3: Yeah, and just a couple just two quick little tactical things that I took away from today. Um, number one, I feel like uh, as part of our gameplay and this kind of also uh, goes with what Andrew was saying as well about you know uh, us sometimes getting into this habit of spamming crosses. I felt like um we needed to play into the striker's feet a bit more. Um, Especially today, I felt like the Roma center backs were playing fairly loose off of Taram and and Lautaro. And I felt like when they were dropping a little bit deeper to uh, come and interchange with the midfielders that they didn't always necessarily have a center back on their back immediately. Um, There was a little bit of uh, time there. And I feel like sometimes we get into this habit of just kind of playing our pattern and not always picking our head up and seeing, hey, you know, um, Taram is actually available there. We don't always have to go directly from Mikatarian to DeMarco, who passes it back to Bastoni, who then passes it to Cherby, who, you know, sometimes we kind of get into um, our rhythm. Um, and, and sometimes I think that we do miss an ability to, maybe hurt the opposition more through being a little bit more direct. And it's it's not there in every game. And actually, I don't think it really was there in the Salzburg game, which what we're going to talk about next. But I felt like that was available today. Um, and then also, uh, if we are going to do the crosses, I, I would love it if we um, saw more low crosses. I felt like the low crosses were a lot more dangerous. It just seems like a better percentage chance that somebody's going to get on the end of it or you know, a defender's going to make a mistake. The looped crosses today uh, were just horrendous. <laughs> there were so many. Uh, I saw some from one from Lautaro. I saw obviously a few from Demarco, um, and it was just really easy uh, for Roma, especially with three center backs, to just kind of mop those up. So those are just two things. I took yeah, away.
2: and bo- all three of those center backs. I mean, Urente is I think six one, and Dika is six four, uh, and Mancini six three. I mean, if you're gonna lob, you know, aerial balls in the box with those three, um, you better have you know Jacko or somebody else in there who can. Who can handle those? So, uh, you know, Taram again, like you talked about, isn't necessarily great in the air um, on that um, in that front. But um, I agree, it's nice to mix in kind of interplay within the box and also some low crosses. And like we saw, that low cross was uh, was the match winner today.
0: So maybe to put a capper on our performance against Roma, just checked. So we have 25 points through 10 league games. Of course, 30 points being the maximum we've started better than this in our history only twice with 26 since the three point you know era of course and the most recent time that happened was the Spalletti season where we went until I think we didn't lose a match until December until we dropped a game to Udinese and then the season kind of collapsed so this is as like we said as good of a start to a season as we've seen I also just want to add that Irfan you were kind of giving a little you know playing the role of Jay saying hey it was only a one nil win well, it was a 1-0 win as, proje- as predicted by yours truly on the at last episode of Interjections. So you can bet if I'm wrong six predictions in a row, I'll tell you about the one time I get it right.
2: <laughs> and of course, Roma was better served because that bum Mourinho wasn't on the bench, just doing my, my J part. You know what I mean, right?
0: Well, what else can I do for J bits while we're here? So Mourinho's a horrible coach. We should have won by more, and Milan look great right now against Napoli. Does that just about cover it? Yeah, that's it. Uh, I realized match that I saw Jay
3: was still posting on the forum, and so I was like, "Man, what time is it in Sydney, Australia?" And it it's like six a.m. Man, I'm like, "You're a
0: madman!" <laughs> I love Inter, but
3: he was up at six a.m. still posting on the forum. So props to him for that.
0: Uh, I complain when I have to wake up early for like a nine a.m. fixture, and you know our poor Australian friends have to wake up at two thirty in the morning for Inter games. That's crazy. Let's talk about Salzburg. So midweek, Champions League, picked up a win. Now, if we want to talk about the Roma game being in doubt, th- this game was legitimately in doubt after Salzburg came back and tied it up in the second half. That that was a much more challenging game than we all thought it would be. But I'll, I'll start with you, Miko, because Miko, you, you had kind of predicted that this would be a more challenging game than the rest of the group thoughts so what did you see in this match and were you maybe not surprised by how much we struggled i don't
1: i don't remember that i predicted this to be a hard game i I thought that we we should like trash them if i remember correctly (laughs) but yeah it was it was far from far from that I, i don't know i think the first half was was pretty bad like like the like um the first four minutes were totally terrible. They they had this great chance at four minute mark, and Sommer got, got a great save. I think that was one of his best saves he has done at Inter. The, the low low shot, and he he parried it. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I think I think we were we were just bad at the first half, especially at the first half. We were like not ready ready for Salzburgs. They were. Like more active maybe than we thought. I don't know that they, they passed the ball pretty well in in our like in the cent- center how uh, how do you say center lane with with one touch passes. They they managed to create these kind of opportunities or half half chances at least. And about in addition to that 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 first chance in the fourth minute. Uh, what else? I think. I think the second half was a bit better. We were looking looking for the goal. When was the penalty chance? It was at sixty-fourth minute. Yeah, and then later had the had the goal cancelled. But but yeah, I, I think this was was the match. We should have like trashed them. Just, just uh, if if not else, but but for the goal difference because it's. It's totally possible it will go go to the goal difference uh in the, in the end. But let's let's hope not. But yeah, I I wasn't happy happy with this match. Of course the win win is win always, but but Mkhitaryan got subbed out and uh, at, at the half time already. Except was it was it the yellow card? <laughs> then. Yeah, I think the, it was the yellow card. It was certainly
0: the yellow card, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah but I think he was p- pretty poor in this match so so yeah pa- Parla came on he, he wasn't starting and I think Parella was great in the second half. He, he had a poor Torino match so he, he kind of took back to get back and, and showed what he can do but yeah all in all it wasn't a, it wasn't a good performance in my in my books.
3: Yeah, I thought it was a pretty poor performance. Um, realistically, the, the the good thing about this match was that we were able to get our rotations in. Um, that's really what I took away from it. Um, you know, we knew that this was probably on paper the easiest game of the group stage. Um, I, you know, I don't really care whether or not the performance was spectacular. I mean, if we steamrolled them four 0 that would have been fantastic. But you know, for for me, um, it was all about just making sure that. We got the three points. um, And at the end of the day, the team did find a way to get that done while rotating players. Um, And, you know, I think we were also looking ahead towards the Roma match as well. Um, You can always see what that victory today uh, meant to the players uh, for the Roma game. So I think it's uh, very true that we were probably looking forward already, um, even during the Salzburg match, towards that. So I think that probably had something to do with our performance as well. Um, but yeah, not not a great performance, but we got the three points. Um, we are tied with Sociedad in the group um, to lead it. You know, Benfica looks like they're pretty much out of it now. They would definitely need to pick up three points in the next uh, match against Sociedad to have really any hope at this point. But um, it looks like it's going to end up being a battle for first place between us and Sociedad. And I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to the last... Match day. I've been very impressed by Sociedad and what they've done uh, thus far in the, in the Champions League. And I, I'm not surprised. Um, I was actually um, pretty let down when I saw that we got them as our pot four team. I think they are a really good, good side. Um, but yeah, in terms of the Salzburg performance, um, nothing to write home about. Got the three points and got on the road.
2: Yeah, I felt like in that match, you know, I, I remember very distinctly how I felt during the first half of that. And, you know, some of it's like, just documented because of like posts and things, but otherwise I just I just remember it and you know I was happy to see some rotation, but I remember feeling in that first you know 20 minutes or so that like man this rotation is just not working that well. I mean Fertazi didn't look that great in the first um, in the beginning of that match and I was missing uh, Barella quite a bit. Uh, Sanchez also just didn't look that great and, and I remember thinking man Mctarian just needs to rest because he just looks like pure like tired, just garbage. He did not play it well at all. And of course, uh, Mkhitaryan and Sanchez then link up for the goal. And so I had to eat my words. But I-, I remember, yeah, thinking that, you know, it's nice that there's some rotation, but it's just not clicking very well. It looked very disjointed. I felt like we were missing a lot of uh, opportunities. We were sloppy. Um, and then their goal, I mean, again, like I just, I don't understand why the defense just doesn't get tight enough um sometimes it, it, it honestly just comes across as a little lazy um they they get out of position like they get dragged out of position and then when they're trying to like run back you know if if the player has any sort of creative instinct the offensive player then they usually find somebody running in or somebody who's open and they just make us look like a bunch of uh you know academy players on defense so it's one of those things where you know I'm glad we got the win uh I think it was, a deserved win at the end of the day, even though we didn't play that well. Uh, The subs made a huge difference. I think, like I think Miko said, Barella played really well uh, when he came on. Um, And that goal that Lataro scored was incredible. I wish it would have stood because of that offside call. It was taken away, but I just, I just came across after that goal after that, the game just not feeling that great. And mainly because of our defense. Like, I just, I feel like the defense just needs to get, tighter and they lose concentration and kind of like they did against Sociedad it's like you can't do that in the Champions League especially right when there's so few matches like you just can't depend on that sort of stuff so I like to see the defense just get a lot tighter and just be a lot more crisp and not give those opportunities I mean even if we struggle to score Salzburg should not have scored on us like we we should have kept a clean sheet in that match
3: that was a rough week for Bastoni also had a real. Poor game against uh, England as well during the international break. Um, I don't know what's necessarily going on, but it seems like for some reason our, our younger Italian contingent has been struggling to kind of start this season. Uh, if you look at, you know, Bastoni, Marco, Barella, those have been really three of our underperformers. Um, you know, not going to necessarily call them lazy by any means, um, or I don't know if it has to do with maybe. The fact that, you know, we made, made it to a Champions League final last year, you know, they're very comfortable on the side, you know, Riz- and not going to bench them, I, you know, it's hard to say, but um, I have noticed that it seems like um, those players in particular have kind of uh, had, a, had a poor start to this season, and yeah, um, Bastoni's form, honestly, has been worrying me a little bit more than even uh, than Barella's, even though I think barella have uh, been uh, spoken about more. And uh, I don't want to give you guys any spoiler alerts, but all I'm going to say is that Jay is going to be really happy with how this Napoli versus Milan match is going right now.
0: <laughs> so. uh, the, it this is a pivot, but the, this this live table in for the league right now is crazy. Like Milan's one point back of us, Juve's two points back of us, 25, 24, and twenty three points. Like this is going to be one
1: wild Scudetto race, you can be sure. Yeah, yeah, I went, I went up uh point out the goal we conceded against Salzburg. I, I had to rewatch it today and and it was like reference it was pretty bad. It was like Bastoni was against like just, just weak defending there and then Bruyne and Bavard got got like they got got, got I, I don't know what they were doing, but they were like uh, covering the ground and then there was this attacker running from the back and I, I don't know should have been like maybe Hakan or Fatesi covering that run, or maybe Dumfries was there, but he was like totally alone on the edge of the box, and it, it felt a bit like the Bologna's second goal in a sense that there's a guy with the ball, <laughs> totally free on the edge of our box, ready ready to shoot, and I think we we really need to do something about this issue of letting letting. Opponents having these kind of like chances uh, out of out of almost nothing because it didn't look dangerous at all when they when they locked that ball on the on the edge of our box and Bastoni was there and he he didn't have a chance to to get it get the ball and they they need to definitely do something about this. I agree. I agree with Irfan. There. It
2: could also be that the Italian players are just feeling a lot more pressure because the um, the national team is struggling to to qualify yet again, you know, and I'm sure that weighs heavily on them. And I know they're not necessarily the key underperformers on the Italian national team. Like they're like, they just, they can't score goals really. But like, it seems like that might be weighing in on them as well. I mean, Italy missing two major tournaments is is pretty embarrassing. And so, that pressure might be carrying over to the league as well, because like Sterling was saying, I agree. I feel like even Demarco and Barella and Bastoni, they've all been good, but definitely we we know that they can be a lot better and a lot more consistent. So there there could be something going on. I don't think it's because of this whole betting thing. I think that was one theory that people were putting out there. I think our guys are probably pretty clean on that, but I do think that uh, you know maybe it's the pressure of like the national team just kind of sliding. That might be the reason.
0: Yeah, I don't want to talk about the Italian national teams; it'll just be depressed. So let, let's not dive into that. Um, from the group standpoint, though, like Sterling was saying, Benfica laid down against Sociedad. Sociedad's atop the group, and this really looks like a two-horse race where the the, the winner of the group is going to come down to that last match between Inter and Sociedad and. You really don't want to finish second in the Champions League group and give yourselves a theoretically harder pathway towards advancing. So, it, kind of playing with fire here. You can't afford to drop points.
1: Yeah, maybe that was a good, good like uh, warning sign for us when we when we had, had to the Salzburg away game. At least that then now the team knows that okay, this Salzburg they they're not like totally poor poor team. They can they can do damage feel at them.
0: All right. Let, let's dive into Atalanta since there are no Champions League week fixtures for us this week. We have the week off from Continental Football. So we go to Bergamo to take on Atalanta. Do, do any of you know offhand, oh, so this, this is a J question for you, do any of you know offhand to the last time Atalanta beat Inter? Mm-mm. Was Papu Gomez still on the team? <laughs> <laughs> That he was. I was a. I was a little surprised by this, but it's been several
1: years. Spalletti That's was the Spallet, Spalletti, Spalletti time.
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. So was it said, four four nil? It was four one actually. As Cardi scored 4-1. a
1: penalty. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah but, but they they like totally trashed us.
0: Yeah, but it's it's yeah. funny because I think in our minds we have Atlanta being this banana peel team who we struggle against, but since. Conte and under Inzaghi, we've actually done a pretty good job of a few draws mixed in there, but they haven't beaten us in close to five years now, four years. So, tough game, not denying that, going to Bergamo, but it's one we should and, you know, we'll be favored to win. Irfan, you maybe want to start us off with a cap of it?
2: Yeah, you know, Atalanta is one of those teams where, like you said, I feel like, Maybe mentally we give them a bigger edge than they've had on the on the pitch. But it's also one of those teams that, like, I also feel like we don't ever really look that great when we play against them. I know we've had a couple of dominating wins, and I think th- those have been good. But the games tend to just be kind of scrappy. Um, and I feel like maybe we've given up a lot of late equalizers or something. I don't know. There's something about them that gives us, like, a bad taste in our mouth. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, we should go into this with the advantage they haven't been that amazing this year they've lost a lot of key players so we should really go in and and kind of play really well i know it's an away match but again bergamo to milan like how much is that should that really affect us um so it'd be interesting to see uh i think the key thing will be it's kind of nice that we get a week off because i'm hoping um with the week break, and then I think we play Salzburg again right after Atlanta, right? So hopefully that gives Inzaghi, um, you know, the, the 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 power to kind of start the starting lineup because I really want to see our strongest lineup against Atlanta because until Milan and Juve start dropping some points, I think we really have to be extremely careful in the league. So I don't want to risk anything. I want to go in there with our. Uh, best lineup, and um, I want to, you know, get a good, good win against them because I, I think they've lost enough talent and enough of their kind of um, reputation with us that we should be able to go in there confident and, and get a win.
3: Yeah, and they just don't play the same football that they used to. I mean, you know, Atalanta, when they were in their pomp, uh, when they had Papu Gomez and Ilicic, I mean, the way that they would just pick teams apart. I think is the reason why we always will have that mental thing uh, with them just because um, because of the four ones. And um, that wasn't the only match where they kind of put us to the sword. And they were doing it to teams not just in Serie A, but even in Europe. I mean, you think about some of their results against teams like Liverpool, for example. Um, so, you know, those are still kind of fresh in our memory. But, yeah, this is not the same Atalanta. Um, they just don't play um, the same carefree style. They're probably a little bit better defensively than they were um, back then, certainly. Um, but they just don't have that same ability to score in bunches like they used to. Um, but with that being said, I'm still going to say that we probably are going to get a draw here. I just have a hard time still predicting a a win away uh, there for, for whatever reason. Um, my, my most recent memories of us Playing away at Atalanta is just that game where Dzeko seemed like he missed five sitters um, and we just couldn't uh, get over the line and win that match. But um, I, I feel like this one has a 1-1 draw written all over it, and I still don't feel like that's a terrible result away at, at Atalanta.
2: Yeah, they, they haven't really replaced yeah, they haven't replaced Hoyland that well, right? And then in those hey, they...
0: hey, 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 they signed Skamaka. <laughs>
2: uh, and then in their... In their heyday, they had uh, they had Gosens up and down that flank too. So, yeah, they've lost some luster over the years. But Miko, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I was about to say that um, they've conceded only only eight goals this season in, in Serie A. But but then again, they they conceded like uh, like three goals against Lazio. It was not, not the previous round, but one uh, one before that, and. Uh, I think we should we should be able to punish them. I, I expect us to win if we we have all, all week, week left to like rest and train, maybe even train hard and not not too much rest, but uh, but anyway to to prepare for this match. So I think we are we are like clear better than them, and we sh- we should punish, punish them. For the for the way they play, I think they always try to play, uh, not not with the long balls, or always always trying to pa- pass the ball on the ground, and uh, I think with with proper pressing, I think we should we should definitely punish them. Um, I'm expecting a win.
0: Yeah, the Lazio game you referenced was capped off by Vecino scoring the winner.
1: Yeah, that, that was a great goal.
0: I, I don't know. It, it, it's scary having to play Gasparini because it just it, it feels like the way he lined up would always lead to us struggling. But to Sterling's point, this isn't the t- same Atalanta team as years prior. And you expect a win. You need a win, given how close the table is. But you you can't act like this is going to be easy. I don't know. I, I'm a little hesitant to predict an inter victory, just because this feels like a natural letdown spot. I just, to my earlier point, I really hope we don't rotate. I would go full strength here. And if we really want to rotate, rotate midweek against Salzburg, you know, in the away fixture. Like, this is the match you need to use your strongest 11. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I agree. I, I agree.
2: Yeah, and and Atalanta, you know, I mean, we, we can say we've had a good record against them recently and we can say all this stuff, but like Bergamo away is probably going to be, you know, one of the top 10 hardest fixtures on our, on our list, uh, of, of, you know, league matches. So we can't underestimate, uh, them and, you know, even if they've lost some players or they haven't looked that great so far this year, you know, they know us really well. We know them really well. It's going to come out. It's going to be a KG affair like it usually is. Um, but you know, I, I think we have that extra bit of quality that should be enough to get a good result, especially when we, when we really need one. Um, and like you said, Andrew, like if we're going to rotate, let's rotate against Salzburg and not against, against these guys.
0: I think we can maybe go around the room and do some predictions.
1: Miko, you can kick us off. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, with, uh, one, one two, one, two, away uh, win for us. How about you, Erfan? Uh, is Kamaga injured or is he playing?
0: I think he's playing. Atalanta haven't played this match week yet. They play Empoli tomorrow on Monday, but I think he played in their last game.
2: Okay, I'm going to go I'm going to go uh I'm going to say it like Miko says it, like like all the Europeans say it, so I want to say it right. I'm going to go 0-2 with uh Inter scoring <laughs> the two goals since they're away. Uh and I'm going to go Lataro gets back on the score sheet and I'm going to give one to my boy Dumfries.
3: Nice. Yeah. I was gonna say uh one one, um, and I'm gonna go with uh Gamaka and uh Lautaro getting on the score sheet for each team.
0: Wow. Sterling took my prediction verbatim. I, I can't do anything else with that. So it was beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can wrap this episode up. The one note I would do want to make is Inter did release their full year financial results this past week. We're going to put that on ice. We'll save that for an international break when there's a little less to talk about. But there's a lot of good stuff in there we can discuss. But, yeah, I appreciate Sterling, once again, you stepping in and helping us out this week. And hopefully we can get that win against the lot next week.
3: All right, guys. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Anytime.
0: All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Brian.